welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. Today, we get to feature one of my favorite occupations uh, because I have quite literally crawled in and walked out of an office or two of this particular occupation. And we have an expert. He was, I believe he was named the, the because uh, he, he's in the Northwest, but one of the Northwest best chiropractors in the area. And his name is Jerry Dreesen. That's that's right, isn't it, Jerry? It's Dreesen, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I just check the back of my shirt. <laughs> yep, that's me, Jerry Dreesen. <laughs> but you do so much more, and that's that's how we got acquainted. Was that you also do uh, web development and uh, online things, and we can talk about that as well. But yeah, the rabbit holes go deep. They do, and you're a magician at the same time. That's right. So I don't know. I, now, being a chiropractor, you do magic work. You know that. And it also helps break the ice with the kids when I, you know, pull a spine out from behind their ear. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good right there. Um, and but but you've been how long have you been a chiropractor? Uh, Thirty six years. Oh come on! When did you start? When you were ten? You don't look that old. I had the Doogie Hauser syndrome when I first started. Everybody's like, "You're you're 18," and it's like, "No, I'm I'm 26." Uh, you know, and they're like, "Well, yeah, well, it was eight years of school." So when I graduated from high school, I still had eight more years of college. Uh, and then when I got out of that, uh, I was lucky enough to get started with my dad uh, in his practice, and I learned a lot from him. And then I jumped the nest uh, after being there eight years. And then I've been on my own ever since then. Well, you know, that's the one thing that I want everybody to understand and be clear. If you, I have, Jerry, it's really sad. I have family members who still think chiropractor is a way out there thing. And I just want to make sure everybody's aware you go through eight years of school when you went to become a chiropractor. Same books, same books as the, as the MD schools teach out of. So, yeah. So it's, it's not a fly by night uh, weekend course that you become a chiropractor. You are a, you know what I mean though? Well, you know, there is that Cracker Jack box, you know, where you lift it out and you write your name on it and you stick it on the wall. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but that does so I guess make sure that they're so, in yeah. a real chiropractor. Here's what happened. Um, way back in the day, chiropractors were making a huge advance. They were healing a lot of people. They actually lined the inside of their walls with crutches and, and wheelchairs from getting people that couldn't walk to walk. And there is a science behind it. There really is. And it's actually been verified and, and, you know, we can now see all of this stuff because the technology is now around to show that what we do works and how well it works using color MRI and great things like that. But what happened was the MDs went, okay, chiropractors, we want you under our wing. We want you to, you know, be with us, come on and, you know, play with us. And we're like, no, 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 we're, we're staying down our lane. We're going to create our own lane. We're going to stay down here. We're not going to venture into pill punctures, potions, and powders. We're going with the innate ability to be healthy. And there was a group that said, no, we'll do it. And then that's where the osteopaths came into. And they're, oh. you know, and so they're, they're a mixture of manipulation and uh, medicine. Um, chiropractors, we do what's called an adjustment on subluxations, which is a totally different realm. If you, again, want to do a deep dive on that. And then uh, back in, ah, man, it was when I was still in college, but I think it was back in, um, no, it was after I was out. I think it was 94. Uh, there was a uh, antitrust suit against the AMA. Uh, chiropractors filed it and won, um, proving that the AMA was purposefully trying to discredit chiropractic just because of political reasons. 
and they lost. And there's a Reader's Digest. If you, those of you that have those piled up, either that you have to walk around in your house every day or, you know, in some closet, uh, they had to publish um, in Reader's Digest a redaction, uh, kind of like, you need to own up for what you did. And that's what they did. And, and it was published saying that, yes, the only reason we were discrediting chiropractors because we didn't like them. But unfortunately, there was a huge section of doctors that got taught chiropractors were quacks. And that's then they took that into their practice. And now we're at the point where all of those doctors are aging out and the new doctors are coming in and we're working side by side with medical doctors. You know, I'm trauma qualified. I'm hospital qualified, uh, you know, just to roll up my sleeves next to an MD and, you know, be able to talk about what can we do together to get this patient better. And that's really where health needs to be is where you've got this building and every health profession is in there for the good of the patient. But unfortunately, you have the clash of egos and that's where the problem really is. I have a quick story to tell you that goes back to the eighties. I hurt my back playing basketball and it was a low back L four L five. And it's a family thing. We have got a weakness that is hereditary. Ah, genetic predisposition. Ah, that's what I'd call it. <laughs> if I had gone to school for eight years, that's what I'd call it. And so I could barely walk. And so we went to the emergency room and they put me on a gurney and I was in the, uh, the uh, examination room and the doctor comes in and he goes, low back, huh? I said, yeah, it hurts here and hurts here. I can barely walk. And I can, and he, he literally, he walked around the table three times, looked at me and said, yep, you, you got a back problem. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to prescribe you some muscle relaxers and some pain meds and um, go home and go to bed. Oh, you and didn't get the six weeks of physical therapy? I, they, <laughs> they didn't have it. This is oh, early. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That was later on. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and, he, and he said, yep. And, and uh, you're going to be this way until uh, down the road. I'd recommend you get surgery. And then, then maybe yeah. maybe that'll fix it. And that, and that is their box. That's the box they live in. And that's you know, the world that they live in. And, and uh, what did you, how did you get out of that? Did you, did it, was it just time? And then you kept re-injuring it? No, the, the cool, it, the coolest part of this was I said, this is stupid. And if you can't, so we left the hospital and uh, there was a chronic chiropractic was on the way from the emergency room to our house. And I said, well, stop in here. And so we stopped in there, and um, Dr. Cronlin was open at the time. And I crawled in literally mm -hmm. and with my wife's help. And I said, I, I really need help. I am a restaurant manager, and I'm on my feet all day. That's all I know how to do. And if I, if I hurt like this, I can't do that. And so now I'm, I'm homeless. And he said, well, Let's see what we can do. So he went, took a couple x-rays, and he came in and said, I think I can help you. And so he adjusted me on the table, and I got up, and I walked out. And, I, and the pain was not gone, but it was far, far less. Now, within two weeks, the pain was completely gone. It's until the next time I had to be in. I mean, I get to do that for 36 That's so years. cool. Yeah, it's so fun. It's great to, and we're usually the last one. We're, we're the last resort. They've been everywhere yep. else. They've tried everything else. So they finally go, okay, my friend told me to do this a long time ago. And I thought you guys were quacks and I still think you are, but you know, I need you to fix me doc because I'm going to Reno tomorrow and I got to be able to walk, you know, it's <laughs> the, yep. the classic phrase, but yeah, it's, it, it's just mechan it's mechanical and nerves. If you've got a vertebra out of alignment, it's going to pinch the joint. The joint's going to swell up. It's going to lay on top of the nerve. The nerve is not going to function. It's either going to be pain or weakness. If we can trace that out. And again, I think medicine should always be this way is to find the true cause of the problem versus trying to eliminate symptoms. I mean, we can eliminate symptoms easily. You know, the pain puncture or the pill puncture potion and powder um, you know, rather than the innate ability to be healthy. And if you are just 
trying to make somebody feel good. There's tons of ways to do that. But if you really want to help them out, just like with you, here's what's causing your problem. Fix that. And then the body will heal itself. And that's the way health should be. Well, and as he explained it to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm remembering this incorrectly, but he said your nerve is pinched, which is causing your back to seize up because the muscles are contracting. To It's your body way, your body's way of creating a cast so that you don't move it so much. Yep. And so your muscles are seizing up, which isn't allowing you to move, and you, you can't get any better from that until you get the muscles to relax and then the nerves get put back in place and then the vertebrae gets uh, realigned so that it's not it's it's not pinching the nerve anymore and then the back will relax am i close you are close we didn't spend an hour talking about the meningeal nerve but you're <laughs> uh yeah there's there's a there's a ton of stuff going on inside the facet joint, which is where you probably had it pinched is a membrane called the plica or a plica. And that right there, when you stimulate that goes up the spinal cord, there's about five high brain centers that it ping pongs around and comes back down and then it tells the joint and the muscle to begin to relax. And like I said, that's all been, it's now been shown on color MRI, which is just, you know, we've always said, you know, pinch nerve or, or, you know, um, a herniated disc. Um, but in a sense, that is what's going on. The There's pressure on the, on the joint, kind of like biting down on your cheek. You know, it's, uh, if you push your cheek in and you bite down on it, you, it's going to hurt until you, you pull the cheek out of your teeth. And in your back joints, when that happens, that's exactly what's going on. You just have to decompress it. You know, I mean, you've heard of decompression therapy. That's basically what chiropractors do. And I guess I'll throw this one in too. The Greek word for hand is Cairo. And that's where chiropractic comes from. Is that we're using our hands. Oh, that's it. That's cool. And by the way, using your hands works really well for a magician. But we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, because I'm really am now there are people that will call a chiropractor a backcracker. And, and so, which is not necessarily how the chiropractor works, depending upon each situation. They've got a device that they can use. They've also got a table that's a special table that that works in conjunction with all of that. A pneumatic and drop then, table. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the drop uh, table actually makes more noise than your back ever would, so. unless you're the screamer. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, I'll tell you it. I would go to him because I was young. I was in my early thirties and my father was, had back problems. My grandmother had back problems. My sister had just had back surgery. Yeah. And in those days, fortunately they don't do it as much now, but they opened her up from like stem to stern and, yeah. and messed with her back. And it's never been the same. No, nope. um, she would have been much better off uh, working with chiropractic massage and, and doing those things rather than doing that. The people who have had surgery are the first ones to tell you not to get surgery, not because it didn't fix the problem, but the secondary secondary things that happened as a result of it, you know, the, 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 um, where the, where you were cut the stitches, you know, it goes deep. And as soon as in the doctors are tuck in that those cells are already denurturing because of the atmosphere being exposed to the air. And then what they used to do in the back surgeries is they would, you know, they go all the way down and there's fat pads. They would pull out the fat pads, go down to the nerve and, you know, do their, do their great work. They would repack it with that fat, but it had no vascularization. So now that fat would necrose around the nerve so that five, six, seven years later, the problem would be worse because of, of the complications of a successful surgery, which is really sad. And what, what happened in my sister's case was this was low back surgery, which affected the entire spine. And then uh, eventually she had to have neck surgery on her spine because it had misaligned from the bottom going up. She ended up having three neck surgeries to try and fix it. And it still is not right. And now she's pretty much disabled. That's sad. 
It really, it really is. And but I tried. Goodness knows I tried. Go to a chiropractor. No, they're just a backcracker. They don't know. I, they, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but I know chiropractors. Now tell me if you knew that. Are you familiar with the Nuka method? Uh huh. Um, now that I knew a chiropractor who did that, and that's just a small piece of the in your neck, isn't it? Nuka is, yeah, uh, well, chiropractic, when it first started, was only the first two uh, bones in the neck, the atlas and the axis. That's all chiropractic was. And your brainstem goes down about three fingers down the back of your head. So if you're only adjusting the first two vertebrae, you're still adjusting. And that's why they call it the atlas is the world's, you know, how atlas holds the world. Exactly. The atlas holds the world to the brain, but also the, the brain stem. And that's where the right side of your brain turns into the left side signal is through that whole network there. So yeah, that first, those first, first two vertebra have a huge influence on the rest of the body. Because you're obviously from your brainstem is where all your nerves go to all the parts of your body and back yeah. and forth. And back yeah. And forth. If we're an optical fiber system, the brain is the, you know, where all of the wires, all of the optical fibers go into, but it has to go through that little hole in the back of the neck. And, um, and if the vertebrae out of alignment through like a car accident, whiplash, T-bone, um, sports injury, soccer player heading the ball, hockey player getting an elbow, it'll misalign things. It doesn't reset itself. You know, then it, that was, the, I'll have a patient coming in. They've had headaches for years. Have you ever been in an accident? They're in their 40s. Yeah, but that was when I was in high school. That has nothing to do with this. Well, that has everything to do with this. What kind of an accident was it? Well, you know, it was kind of weird. I got thrown out of the car after it rolled. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what the... What the heck? You know, I, I I used to hear these stories from other chiropractors. Now I'm witnessing people telling me these stories like, did you think your neck got put back where it was supposed to be? But that's, you know, one of the things we hinted about is we are not educated. You know, when we're born, we come out with an umbilical cord, but there's no, it's not attached to a book on here's how to raise yourself properly. And we're not getting that education. And that needs to be done from, you know, from as early as kindergarten on how to be your own doctor, literally, and, and not rely on somebody else to tell you what to do, which is half the problem we have right now. You know, and what's I just want to flag this for everybody. If you grew up like I did and played sports, I was a catcher and played Little League and, and Babe Ruth and, and high school ball, and I was a uh, wrestler and also a football player. And as a football player... Um, it, football is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And, and you are always running into somebody. And yeah. I, and so it, 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 is it possible that if you are in your uh, 30s and 40s that you have got residual issues that were created when you ran into that uh, running back trying to tackle him and he knocked you flat on your butt? Um, is it, is it possible that you can have residual effect from that even, and that has affected your whole life? Well, the older you are, when you played football, the worst gear you had, you had the, what we call the squirrel cage helmet, where it was just a bunch of, you know, um, uh, what was it felt or, or some sort of cloth that was the, you know, was what your helmet set on. And we didn't have the collars, the shoulder pads, you know, all that stuff was, just in the process of being figured out as we were you know, going through that. But yes. And, and the uh, picture that I usually paint is, you know, if you have a 20 year old car, you bought it was brand new. Now it's 20. What's wrong with it? You know, are things starting to fail? Uh, you know, you got a light that's turning on, you got, you know, did you oil it every 2000 miles? Did you put a new belt on it? Did you get it tuned up? That's the same thing as your body that little squeak that you had when you first bought it now needs to be replaced because it was never taken care of. And our internal system is exactly the same. If you had a problem that was just a minor thing, uh, like in football, you've got, you know, some sort of a pinch. If it never got decompressed and realigned and put back what we're supposed to be over time, it's going to start causing a problem. And you know, that's why in the NFL, all the players have access to massage therapists and chiropractic. You just don't hear about it because um, it, 
it, it's kind of weird. It's like, you know, well, they don't, they don't really talk about any, they don't want people to know that they're getting care because that puts a target on the area that gets injured for the other players to go after. Right. Right. But it is a necessary, it's, it's necessary to, to heal those things because if you don't, they're just going to exacerbate yeah. and it's just going to get. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, if, if there was a place for all healing arts to be, to work on somebody, it would be great, but you're just bouncing around too many egos and that's, you know, you just have to have to have an egoless practice with a bunch of other great doctors. I think that would be phenomenal to do something like that. That really would be. But the problem is, is that doctors make uh, money from pharmaceutical companies and the pharmaceutical companies don't like you very much because you don't recommend, you don't even um, um, prescribe uh, those things. And so they don't even come to your office to give you free samples because you can't subscribe them anyway. Well, here's, I don't know if you've ever heard of Celebrex or Vioxx, but um, they're called COX-2 inhibitors. And when your body makes pain, there's two things that happen in the in the enzyme process. And there's an LOX and a COX, which are the names of the enzymes. And when they are created, that's what creates pain and inflammation. And so if you were to eliminate the process of that being made, then you can stop pain and inflammation. And that's what Celebrex and Vioxx are, is they're COX-2 inhibitors. Well, people don't realize it, but fish oil does that naturally. Fish oil will go in, it'll, it'll stop that from happening, but you have to take it in a high enough dosage. So, you know, 3,000 to 5,000 milligrams a day. So the pharmaceutical people, they know that. So they tried to do that, but they could only get half of it right. So it was only stopping the COX system from stopping, but the LOX kept going. And that's what stroked people out. So now they have a product that was killing people. So they took it off the market, paid the lawsuits, and then put it back on the market. And it's under a black box warning saying, this might kill you. And I have patients taking it. And I said, when they gave that to you, did they tell you that it kills people? And they their mouth drops. They go, no. And I said, why did they give it to you? He said, well, I'm having pain. And he said, try this. It might work. And it's like, <laughs> What other profession do, is there? It's like, try this, it might work. Um, but my point of that is we use things that work, that work naturally. And I would say, I don't know, percentage wise, you know, I'd throw a number out there. At least half of the pharmaceutical stuff that's out there is an attempt to create what we can do naturally, but they're just trying to create it synthetically so that they can own a patent and make money. And make money they do. And in some cases, they make a tremendous amount of money. And it's it's like nowadays when you listen to one of their commercials and they listen at the end of the commercial. <laughs> Somebody talking really fast about how you could die five different ways. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so if my, my advice to anybody who's listening, I know from personal experience, I started chiropractic in, in the 80s um, and i I've used them whenever I've had the need um, forever. And so go to a chiropractor, even if you're feeling okay, because they can adjust you and you don't see, if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't yeah. know how good you could feel versus how you are feeling, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. We, you know, we talk in our circles, but um, you know, the first sign of a heart attack for most people is death. They, that's exactly right there is there is nothing that says that it's going to happen and uh same thing with the body you could have for example okay you can have a um, acid reflux why do you have an acid reflux it's not because your your stomach wants to start shooting stuff out you've got a little valve on the top a sphincter called a cardiac sphincter and it's supposed to shut anytime you eat food well it's got a nerve that tells it to shut and that nerve comes from your upper back comes out of the spinal cord and exits between your shoulders and goes to the stomach. Well, if you've got a problem, again, if it was a car accident, your seatbelt held you and your head turned twist real fast and it twisted that area in your mid back and that nerve doesn't, it's like a dimmer switch. It doesn't have to be all the way off. It can just be off a little bit. Then that stomach valve is not going to close properly. You're going to get acid reflux. But what do you do? You take Tums and what does Tums do? It neutralizes the acid so now your digestive system can't 
digest properly because it needs acid to kill all the bad guys. So now your digestive system doesn't work. You start getting sick because your, your first line of defense is being shut down. You know, all of these things can happen. And it's, you know, people are like, wow, chiropractic cured me of a whole bunch of things. Like, how does that happen? Well, I did a neck and shoulder area. It released the pressure, the nerve work, the valve started closing and the body started to heal itself. So when you look at it that way, it's pretty simple. But to figure that out, that's the science behind chiropractic. And that's the eight years of education. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now, I've got um, my my former wife, who shall remain nameless for this particular one. Um, she had a problem that is apparently, I had no idea, but apparently it's really is rampant among um, women who've had children. And I, I don't know. I had a chiropractor who swore to me that he could help with this particular problem. Um, but I don't know. And so if, but it, it seems to me that if it's a reflux problem that you can fix there, uh, there are every time my ex-wife used to sneeze, she would have a little, you know, um, she, she would pee her pants a little bit. And I, I didn't know whether or not that has the same kind of principle or is that because you had, you, you delivered a couple of bowling balls out, out of there and it's just has hurt it and it's never going to be the same. Right. So now, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing is what's the true cause. It, it could be that there was sacral pressure, which allowed the pelvic floor to relax and it never tightened back up again because that never got taken care of. Um, you know, the bladder incontinence issue could be because like you said, there was a, there was a stretching involved. Um, you know, we are elastic, but uh, just like a rope, once you stretch a rope, it never goes tight again. Right. And it just all, it all depends on, you know, the positioning of the baby. I don't know if you knew this, but chiropractors um, also are my, we do minor surgery. We do proctology, gynecology. We deliver babies. Uh, we do physical therapy. That's all part of our, um, our degree that we do. State of Washington prohibits chiropractors from performing those things. There are only two states in the United States that limit chiropractors from what they can do. Uh, and so we learn all about that. So um, that's why it's easy for us to treat these things because we, we you know, learned it, got tested on it. Uh, and then as far as having things at our disposal, you know, physical therapy, you know, Kegel exercises, there's, you know, a whole bunch of different types of pelvic floor things. It just depends on what's going on in the system. And so there are times where, you know, chiropractic adjustments to the L5 sacral area does take the signal that's supposed to go to the system to allow tension to return and allows that to happen. There are other ones where it doesn't matter what the signal does. The end of the line where that tissue is it's just not going to function again because it got overwhelmed and it just because of it, it it's plasticity it's not able to return back to normal but if if, if you have that problem and and you may be able to get relief i mean that would be if it, you've never tried it why not right well exactly but then a whole nother business another whole nother um um revenue stream for somebody goes out of business and that's the it depends of the world and the in this anyway so, but by the way, we're talking with uh, uh, Jerry Dreesen. He is a chiropractor. He is a magician. Let's see. He's a chiropractor. He of note. He's he's got a great practice um, in north, a little north of Seattle. He is a web development guy, and he's got a company around that. He is uh, a magician, and he is part of the um, magicians. Uh, I don't want to call it a union, but a, a oh, International Brotherhood of Magicians, the IBM. Ah. And uh, and you're part of them, and you do uh, magic, and and you do website stuff, and you're and you're doing website stuff for me, and if and my associate Holly and desperately needs uh, the care of a chiropractor on an ongoing basis uh, because it just is, and and physical therapy can be very expensive, and and doesn't isn't necessarily as beneficial if the therapist that you're working with isn't really attuned with what's going on with your body. Am I incorrect in that, sir? I tell people that um, massage therapy, 
physical therapy and chiropractic is like a three-layered cake. And the, the top layer is massage where they're going in on the skin and the muscles. Physical therapy goes a little bit more deep into the muscles and tendons. Chiropractors go tendons and joints. And if you aren't getting all three of those worked on for your problem, you're only getting half of the, you know, or a third of um, the solution to your problem. And so um, chiropractors and physical therapists and massage therapists make a great power team uh, to work on the, the person that if they've got a problem. And then like the pro athletes, they also have a nutritionist that helps you eat better and, and, and a, a spiritual coach and all of that so yep. put those things all together and you can and that would be a great package to live um your life in full and as healthy as possible a tribe of healthcare professionals <laughs> I, I wonder if has anybody ever thought about putting that together as a package for folks to have you know a, a, the chiropractor the massage the um, physical therapy the nutrition the spiritual, the life coach, and put them all together in a package that somebody could buy. <laughs> I think, I think somebody would buy that. Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing Saturday? <laughs> I mean, don't, I mean, doesn't that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. And there are people that do that, but they, they go out and they handpick their, their group. So yeah, they, I have patients that are that way. They've got, um, you know, a dozen people that they work with to help them in their pursuit of wellness. Which at the end of the day, that's all we got is you lose your health and you can't walk very well and, yeah. and you fall down a lot and then yeah. it's not good. If you can't surfboard when you're 90, why stick around, you know? That's right. Or, or jump out of an airplane. <laughs> yeah. With a parachute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got okay. So you're a magician. How long have you been doing that? Uh since I was eight. <laughs> I had, you're an early bloomer. <laughs> I had it. Well, okay. Well, my dad was, was born and raised on a farm in Minnesota. He fell out of a um barn and broke his back. He was in a body cast his whole year in high school and was told he'd never walk again without pain. Went to a chiropractor, got his back adjusted, immediately got out of pain, and that's how he became a chiropractor. So I grew up with chiropractic. Um, we went to the farm back in Minnesota to visit everybody. And my uncle Leroy was there and he did this card trick. And it's like, what the heck? How did, you know? And so I was that, um, I was that kid that constantly uh, bugged my uncle just over and over. Show me the trick, show me the trick, show me the trick, show me the trick. So he showed me and it was like, I got to see behind the Wizard of Oz's red curtain. And it was like, holy cow, is this what you did? And, and uh, with that, I kind of went into a deep dive as much as I could in the, uh, the Snohomish library system, uh, all of the books that were there on magic until I got, for Christmas, I got this really cool magic kit that my folks got me. And inside of there, were about eight or nine other amazing secrets. It's like, oh man, I can't believe it. So yeah, I uh, exposed a lot of that magic, uh, performing without practicing um, as a little kid. Uh, and then I got, yeah, I got good at it. And um, then I started doing stuff. And what was, what was cool is in college, uh, there was a buddy of mine that um, he would ask me if I was loaded. And for me, loaded meant was I packed with stuff that I could do magic with. Uh, and so um, I would say yes. And so he'd go over to a table of people that were just kind of sitting and talking and drinking. He would introduce me and I'd go over there and I'd perform 10, 15 minutes of, you know, close up magic and uh, had a lot of fun with that. And then when I started my practice, um, I met up with another guy that uh, he was on the, on the other side of the spectrum where he'd been doing it, you know, 30, 40 years. And uh, there really wasn't a place for magicians to go other than Mickey Hades, which is downtown Seattle, not there anymore. But that's where all of the, you know, the, um, the big name magicians would go. And so we decided, you know, why not uh, make a group here? So we co-founded the, the Linwood Magic Ring. Uh, and then it has since turned into the, um, uh, 
Northwest Ring of Fire, but it uh, it really grew and it, it was a lot of fun. We've done a lot of stage shows. Um, I would go. Um, we we did one for burn victims. You know, we did some charity work, uh, and it just became fun. And, and you know, to me, I enjoy magic because it's a way of entertaining people. I also, you know, I'm on stage. I do musicals and plays and you know, things like that. And I, uh, um, I do a lot of, uh, keynote speaking on health and wellness and, uh, it's to me, it's just kind of helped me get out there and do some more things. I had a, um, a show I would do with another magician. It was so fun. I would show up on stage and I'd start doing magic and nobody knew this, but he would be in the audience and he would heckle me. <laughs> and it's like, I know how to do that. Boring, you know, stuff like that. And uh, and I said, well, do you think you could do better? He goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, I can. Well, come on up. And so, like, the audience was like, totally nervous about what's going on. And then uh, the music would cue in. And we actually did dueling magicians with dueling banjos playing. And so we would go back and forth. And anything that he did, I would do bigger. Like, he would, like, produce a wand with a silk. And I would reach in my my hat and pull out a 10 foot wand. You know, it's just, you know, back and forth like that. And that was a lot of fun. So what's your favorite trick of all time that you did? <sighs> okay. My favorite one um, is I will take somebody's dollar bill and tear it up, put it in my pocket, write them an IOU for it, start to walk away. And they're standing, it could be, it could be a $10 bill. It could be a hundred dollar bill. Um, and then I turn, I go, okay, wait, I forgot the other part of this. I said, whatever you want to cash this in. And I would wad up the IOU in my hand and I would light it on fire and out of the flames would be their bill. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite ones to do. <laughs> That, now, <clears throat> my my associate Holly, who you've met and know, um, she went to a a, um, a magic show, and she actually got called up on stage. And I, I'm I'm just curious to know if you've ever heard of this trick, or if it's it, basically what it was was she went up on stage in a um, in a, a a bag was a 32 ounce bottle of pop. And it was it was sealed and stuff and in the bag. And then in the audience, there were 30 or 40 cans of pop that had been distributed to the audience. And they were told to shake up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. And so they did. And then they opened the can. Now, this is third hand, so I may be getting this screwed up. But they opened the can in the audience, and there was no fizz to it but all the fizz was in the bottle that was in the bag that was that Holly was holding. Did, have you ever seen that before? Does so that... the bag would expand with all of everybody's fizzes yes. from their cans? Yes. I have not seen that trick, but I have a pretty good idea of, of uh, um, what it was done. You know, I love watching uh, uh, Fool Me with Penn and Tell because I watch the magicians do theirs. It's like, okay, um, they're doing you're taking like five or six different things and recombining it for the illusion and it's you know that's the really cool part is when you are mixing and matching other theories and and other you know devices and stuff like that to come out with a different um process uh, in fact that's i've done that too i i uh, have an invention that um i started selling uh it's a magic illusion and i sold it in um the, the linking ring way back in 84, I think. Um, and it sold out and it's like, I, uh, but that was, that was again before the internet and, uh, my supplier, um, would not supply me, could not supply me with what I needed anymore. And so I just had to set it aside. Um, but it's, it's fun. You get to invent stuff and, and, you know, people enjoy that. Um, but the, I really like that illusion. That that is really cool. I, I would love to see that in person. Yeah. Well, talk to Holly. I may have gotten it screwed up somehow uh, because I got it third hand from them. But I interviewed him, and he said, "Well, that's kind of kind of sort of close." But um, 
but I, I imagine doing everything that you do now when you were a kid did you just like to get on stage and and just like to entertain people because was this born were you born to do this all the things that you do I must have been because every year there was a school play and I was in it. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I would fight really hard to get the lead. And uh, I think out of all of the years that I was there, I had the lead probably 60% of all of the shows. So, yeah. And then I, I actually, when I was in high school, I, I wasn't in drama. I was in music. I did, um, uh, we did music and, you know, jazz choir and stuff like that. And I was part of Soundsation here at Edmonds Community College. And, um, but it wasn't until my senior year in high school, one of my, one of my friends, um, had said, Hey, you know, uh, they're auditioning for Oklahoma. It's a musical. And I go, what's a musical? He goes, well, you sing instead of talk. And it's like, what you, you talk sing. I don't, I don't get it. Because <laughs> what's a musical? Um, and you know, uh, you know, give me Van Halen. You know, it's just <laughs> uh, so uh, I had um, my uh, I had a a knee problem from football injury in junior high, where somebody's helmet went to the right and my knee followed it, uh, and you know, popped it really bad. Uh, so I was, I was, I was in track, but I was doing shot put back, you know, I was doing shot put and discus in track because I couldn't do any running. And so I tried out for it and I got, those of you that know Oklahoma, I was Will Parker and, um, that was a blast. I never know how much fun, you know, doing a, a large show like that was, you know, I was, I was what, uh, in elementary school, our, our plays were like a half hour. It wasn't that big a deal, but when you're doing like a full on, you know, singing and, you know, I, I was Charlie Brown in fifth grade, um, uh, but the, oh, here was the other thing: my voice changed when I was in sixth grade. I was a bass when I was in sixth grade, um, and in junior high, the seventh grade choir was soprano alto. You know, the boys were soprano alto too, so they moved me into the the ninth grade choir as a seventh grader, so that I could sing bass. And I made a lot of really great friends. You know, I, I was walking around as a seventh grader, even in high school, like I knew all the seniors when I was, you know, just starting out. So that was fun. So, yeah, long answer to the word. Yes, I enjoy being on stage. <laughs> what was your favorite play that you did? Uh, I think the funnest one was doing Into the Woods um, with Kids Up Forest Theater. And they just had their 100 year anniversary of doing shows out in the woods. And that's... Uh, um, just outside of Bremerton and my, um, uh, my wife and my daughter and my son and my daughter-in-law were in it with me. Oh, that's fun. That, that's fun. And that's a hoot. You know, you get to be out there with family. Oh yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a great time. My, my, I was able to do, you know, there's a whole story behind it that I, that I use to talk about the direction in your life and how it changes and stuff. But I joined uh, um, a theater extempore in the, in the, at Green River Community College. Oh, nice. And, and got to, uh, it, it was interesting because I joined a, um, and by the way, since we're talking about acting, I say this every time and I mean it sincerely. If you are a parent, you need to put your kids into improvisational acting. Um, and I'll t and I'm going to tell you why right now. It's because you learn to think on your feet. You get uh, a lot more confident in who you are, and you are then able to translate those skills later on in life to do a myriad of things: sales, public speaking, working. Just just to give you the self confidence. So yeah, no, I love doing improv too. I didn't, you know, I didn't think we we're going to turn that page, but uh, yeah, I I, I um. Uh, a couple of improv groups around the area. Um, I, I went through their three, all the way up through their 300 series on, you know, doing improv. And my daughter, who just graduated a couple of years ago, she has theater major from Bellingham and was doing improv up there. And she is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it is, great. it is. It is the coolest thing. So, so anyway, we, I was in the improvisational class and what they do, this was the beginning one. So they teach you, go find an animal that you're going to duplicate, 
hits movements exactly so that people can guess what it is that you are doing as that animal. I chose a turtle. And, and so <laughs> the next, the next step was now I want, now after you, and they pick, you know, they, I did him and, and they said, Oh, that's a turtle. And they said, so the next one is you make a caricature of it and you make it mostly turtle, but a little bit of human traits, just a little bit. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, so we did that. And then, then I want you, then they said, okay, now I want you to be full on turtle man or animal man and have a conversation and do a scene with another animal person. So I got to do my scene with a grizzly bear <laughs> and, and I was a turtle and, uh, and, and so I, we were facing each other and he said, okay, the premise is the grizzly bear is going to fire, fire the turtle. He's, he's an employee and he's going to fire him. So the grizzly bear was blustering and all this big time. You're fired. Da, 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 da. And the turtle who I was, was timid and shy and was in trying to get back in his shell because he was scared and stuff. And, <laughs> and, and the guy and the guy said, so what do you have to say for yourself? And he said, sir, you can't fire me. I've got three eggs and a wife at home. And, <laughs> and so he started going, and the further, and then it dawned on him what I'd said. <laughs> and everybody just, just busted up. But those are the, the fun experiences. And then, so what happened was um, the, the school play was called Dark at the Top of the Stairs. And in one of the, one of the uh, characters, his name is Punky Gibbons. And Punky doesn't have any lines. It's all physical acting and he's a very shy guy and is and so he has an impact on the show but he didn't have any lines and the guy that was cast to do that said this thing sucks it doesn't have any lines why would i want to oh, do that no, no. <laughs> and, and so because of my turtle man they they put me in as punky gibbons and then i did laser wolf and and in um um taming the or no in Fiddler on the Roof, and then was Patricio in Taming of the True, and then I had to go get a job. I was I, the constable in Fiddler. In fact, I was the constable twice. <laughs> oh, you were the you were the bad guy. Well, here here's what's really weird. So now you know we're doing it kids at four theater. So here's a bunch of us walking around in Nazi outfits, and a bunch of nuns, and we're walking around the woods, and it's like this. If somebody looks at this in the wrong light, it's going to go weird. <laughs> Oh, but I, I tell you, getting... Nazi convention out in the woods <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of nuns. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. But, but it's, you know, acting is, a, is, it's a great pastime. It's a great way for kids to uh, explore all about who they are. So improvisational acting leads to uh, the stage leads to other things. And it, it, it can be very positive for a young person. It is. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I was talking with a woman about how young people, they think that what they have to say isn't important or they exactly. can't connect with if there's a group of five talking and they don't have a similar situation to connect. Kind of like you and I were talking about similar things. They can't relate. And then what all we're looking for is just a group that we can talk to and then become ourselves again, get to our level where, you know, we're, in a way we're kind of sharing our own vulnerability, vulnerabilities with each other, or, or you, um, you don't have that fear of failure when you're with a group of peers and you can just be yourself. And she was talking about how it wasn't until people were talking about, um, uh, what was her, it, it was had something to do with like missing the bus or something like that. And then she got to talk about how, Growing up, she would always miss the bus. And now she had something to link herself into that group. And then she became herself. But before that, you could just see her just kind of pulled away from the conversation. And, uh, you know, improv is one of those great skills where you get to stand out there and start with not knowing what you're going to do. And you get over that. You're no longer frozen because it's like, okay, you can even talk about being frozen. Like, Okay, I'm standing up here. I don't know what to talk about. You know, there you go. Now you're doing it. <laughs> you're improvising. <laughs> I have to tell you this one more because it can be just as simple as this. 
um, in high school, I did take drama and we were doing uh, improvisation and she put uh, the teacher put a chair in the middle of the floor. And so somebody was going to sit in the chair and it turned out to be my 285 pound friend, my best friend in high school. He's passed now, so I can tell this story. And so he was sitting in the chair and uh, a couple people did a couple scenes. Well, I walked up knocked on an imaginary door while he's sitting in the chair and said, Don, hurry up. I got to go. <laughs> that was his line that he had to then follow up with the kind of, <laughs> the whole thing revolved around him sitting on the toilet. <laughs> so it was, so it can be an imaginary thing. I just totally, and, and that's why I'm, that's why we're talking about it, Jerry, because it is, it can be a moment in your kid's life that they're not going to have any other way. And if they yeah. can, you know, yeah. they can get applause. They can, they can, they can really feel like they, they're special. Well, I, I mean, I really think one of the keys in life is, you know, if you can um, remove self-imposed limitations, you know, I, I think that's one of the keys. And then also, you know, one of the other things I believe in, too, is that uh, for what, you know, well, the ground, if you have a seed, if you put the seed in the ground, it's going to grow. And that's kind of how life is, too, is that it will grow anything you plant into it. It doesn't yeah. know right from wrong. It doesn't know good from bad. Just like the earth, you can be planting, you know, arsenic, you know, or um you can be planting nothing but poison. It's still going to, you know, have a flower and produce poison. It, um, it doesn't know it's neutral. It just grows things. And I think that that's, you know, our, how life is too. If you're going to feed it the seeds to grow bad things, then you're going to harvest bad things. If you're putting in seeds to grow good things, then good things are going to come from it. It knows nothing. It's neutral. It's what you put into it and it's what you focus on. And, and, you know, we become what we think about and, and that's the other part of it. And we just have to get in there and you're talking about that tribe of people. We have to get in there and change that tune so that we're, we're not worried about, you know, and, and as, as a doctor, you know, the cortisol levels, you don't want to be boiling around in cortisol. You want to be, you know, floating around in dopamine and, and how you do that is, is you on purpose plant the right things and get the right harvest. That's exactly right. You're going to have to come back and we got to do more of this because we're just tapping into uh, a subject that I would really like to go deep into. And that is how to live your life in a positive way and be able to achieve the things in life that you would like to yeah. and not say because of the stories that have been fed to you over time. I can't. I won't. Uh, no, I, it's not going to yeah. work. And that's you know, half of the patients that I see, that's the things they have to overcome is that that loop. They got to break that loop with their thinking and, and they, they feel like they're trapped and I can't get them better because they're doing all of the negative things that go against health. They're not feeding themselves properly. They're not drinking enough water. You know, that's part of it right there. Um, you know, half your body weight in ounces is what the what the Russians talked about. Um, which makes sense uh, as far as, you know, cramping up at night, you know, it's just simple things like that. In the wintertime, we drink less water. And, you know, how do we make ourselves drink, you know, 100 ounces of, of water every day? You know, it's tough to do. But once you start doing it, it's easy. And, you know, um, not knowing, like I said, we don't have that book that tells us how to be better. Uh, and in fact, that is a book that I wrote. It's on Amazon. It's, you know, help me eliminate my pain doc. Um, and I guess I can do a shameless plug. Uh, but please, you, please do. You can find it on Amazon. You just type in my last name, Dreesen, D-R-E-E-S-S-E-N, and you'll see that book. And um, it's, I think, 99 cents for the Kindle version, but you can get a printed version too. So, And you've also got a website that I want to highlight. And we haven't even talked about the web stuff yet. <laughs> so that's what I mean. We're going to have to, we're going to have to have another show. Because we're running out of time here, but, but you've got actually two websites, which is the one for the chiropractic that they need to be. Aware uh, of? It's back to action.com. 
Backtoaction.com, yeah. and they can call and make an appointment with you. And if they live in the, well, you can live anywhere. You can fly in if you want to. Uh, but, I have uh, had people do that. I I can believe it. I can believe it because tell me about the award real quick before we go. About what? The awards that you won in the recognition. Oh, uh, Snow was Snohomish County Chamber of Commerce. So it was the uh, best chiropractor. Um, so that was a really cool award that I got. Uh, and um, it kind of reflects what we do at the clinic. It's all positive when you walk in. And again, our goal is to find out what's wrong. And I've had patients, new patients tell me, I've never had an exam. I've never, you know, you're, you're really thorough. Um, I specialize in people that have never been to chiropractors. Uh, those are some of my favorite patients because they get to see firsthand what it is that we really do. Um, and a lot of people are afraid to go to chiropractors because they don't know what's on the other side of the door. And once they're in there, they realize we're just people just like them. It's just that we've got knowledge to help them get better. And I'm more than happy to, you know, walk them down that road. Here's what I found. And if we take, usually if we take x-rays, they'll see the x-rays too. I don't have to like try and convince them there's something on that x-ray. They can actually see it. They can point to it. They're like, yeah, I see that. And I'll point to the x-ray and I'll touch their body on the low back where that vertebra is rotated. I said, there's the rotation and that's where it is. And that's where my pain is. It's like, okay, we've now established objective findings. There's nothing metaphysical about this. It's here it is. We just need to get in there and fix it. And that's all they really need to see. It's not in their head. It's it's not, you know, something that's there they think they're making up or that they told they were faking. Uh, and that's the cool part about it. So now we can do something about it. And that's gotta be really rewarding for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said, it you know, I, I don't I don't have an end goal <laughs> for this practice. Um it's kind of like my dad, he practiced into his 70s, so um I'm still I'm still having fun. You're it sounds to me between acting and doing and oh and we also have to talk about your keynote speaking and <laughs> what you talk about there. So Jay, will you come back and bother me some more? Uh, only if you twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to do that. I was a wrestler in high school. I would, I would love to come back. Yeah, there's, uh, um, uh, there's some pretty cool things that you know, hopefully, like in this podcast, I can help people out with, whether it's their, their health or their, you know, their business. Let's 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 do it. Let's plan it, and uh, and you're going to also be on the Brushwood Media Network. So uh, we're. If you get a bunch of calls, it's not my fault. You you did it. You were on the show. Well, you know, I, I, I as we're talking about doing web stuff, I'm able to forward my line to your cell phone. So <laughs> if, you don't, if you're okay with taking calls for me, um, I'm just I'll not. I'll be your booking agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, you'll have to open up a satellite office down here. Uh, you know, that was funny. I, I, tried, I tried doing that. Um, or I thought of doing that and uh, I, I'm not able to separate myself with where I am currently. It's, it's tough to um, get out there and, and, and uh, move to a different place because you're leaving behind the people that want to see you there. Well, you know, I, it's been my experience that uh, when you go see a chiropractor and they're good, you stay with them because it's just like everything else in life. Not everybody is equally talented at what they do. And if you can find a good one like Jerry, stick with them and they'll follow you anywhere. I had a, uh, um, I almost, I was uh, fantasizing with my brother-in-law opening up a practice in Port Angeles. Um, he had just uh, left a brew pub and he was going to be a brewmaster and was going to set up a brewery. So we thought we'd go in together in business. We'd open up this place where somebody could have a beer, get relaxed and get adjusted. And we would call it the Port Angeles Kraken Brew. But uh, <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> so somehow, I bet you went to the the bank and they went, you want to do what? Yeah. So, so uh, Jerry Dreesen has been our guest. And I want to thank you for being here. Your website one more time, sir. Backtoaction.com. And you'll see him more because uh, he's, he's now the house chiropractor around here. 
and and magician and and actor i just there's so much and and web guy so we're going to talk about all that next time we get together so thank you so much for being here my friend you're welcome kevin take care hold on and i'll be right back hey thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of positivetalkradio.net please visit our website oddly named positivetalkradio.net for more details about us and our mission which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all i'm kevin mcdonald and i'm proud of these shows and i truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family so on behalf of our entire team remember Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.